Hi, everybody. Hello. Hello. And welcome to the discussion episode of this week's Fem Slash Podfit podcast. Um, we're your co-hosts. That's Ashley. Hello. I'm AK. Uh, this week, we're talking about Habeas Corpus by Project Cyborg. And guess what? We have the very own Project Cyborg with us right now. I am so thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on the podcast. Thank you for joining us. We are pumped. I'm pumped. I'm pumped too. I am definitely pumped, which sounds very dirty. (laughs) Within context, yes. Um, Gizmo the cat is also pumped. Uh, He's right here helping. It wouldn't be a fem slash podcast without a cat. Right? Well, I have five. So it's extra fem slashy. Um, so let's do, uh, Ash, are you going to do our super short summary? Sure. This is our super, our super short summary. Uh, so this fic takes place after the end of Battlestar Galactica, after they found Earth. And so they show up on Earth in the same universe as the West Wing. And so they make first contact with the people of Earth. Um, Laura Roslin, who's the president of the 13 colonies, is that right? Yes. Okay. Uh, comes to Earth and meets with President Bartlett. And it's not really about that meeting at all. At all, It's about her meeting uh, Evelyn Baker Lang, who was the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. And then, um, as often happens in these fics, they have sex. Sort of, sort of a power trip. Definitely some interesting dynamics going on. And then the story ends without a whole lot of real resolution. Just how I like it. Excellent summary. Um, so I wrote this in 2006, just to add one thing to the summary. So it was actually before the actual ending of Battlestar Galactica. Um, so it's like a hypothetical ending where they arrive on Earth. But uh, it, it's a very different Earth than what happened in the in the real ending of the show Battlestar Galactica, which we will never speak of again. Exactly. I was about to be like, spoiler alert, this is a lot better. <laughs> uh, like, I don't want to have a 45-minute cry session. Yeah. So, I loved this. Like, loved this so much. Thank you so much. I was excited the entire time I was reading it (laughs) Um, because it just kept getting better and better and better. I am really thrilled and flattered. Thank you so much for, um, for yeah, that feedback. Well, so why don't you tell us what you liked about it so much? I'm getting there. (laughs) Why don't you stop interrupting me, Ashley? (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, Well, number one bonus points because, you know, CJ is, like orchestrates this meeting and um i don't know like i could really see some maybe rosalind cj stuff going on too uh but that's just an aside um i think the thing that i liked sort of best about it is that i could really hear the characters voices um, as I was reading it, because, you know, Rosalind has this like very quiet intensity. Um, and 
and Evelyn Baker Lang, who is, if you haven't seen this West Wing episode, um, played by Glenn Close, like there's also, she also has sort of a distinctive voice, like in a very, um, just like a very, I don't know, strong way of carrying herself. And so I could just, it just, it clicked immediately. It was like, oh, this makes sense. So I think that is what, I mean, obviously I liked it because the pairing is just like, yes, this is amazing. But I think just that that carried throughout um, really resonated because it just seemed, it seemed like you could be watching this on TV like right now. And that would have been amazing. I would watch this show. I would watch the Laura Roslin, Evelyn Baker Lang show. Yeah. Um, and I also like that. <sighs> Roslyn. You like that Roslyn is not nice. Yes, I do. I like that Roslyn is not nice. I also like that. I she's like that she's. Yes, she's I like that she's very much a politician. And she acts like a politician. And she's ruthless like a politician. That's what it is. It's like that that ruthlessness. Um, that is super sexy, I guess. Um, and I don't know. Like, I wasn't... I love Battlestar Galactica, but I wasn't involved in Battlestar Galactica fandom at all. So I, I don't know if, like, is there at all a fandom conception of Rosalind as, like, not a weak character, but, like, <laughs> a nice person? <laughs> so I was, like, BSG fan slash fandom was probably my, my biggest fandom ever in my life and like it it was a somewhat small like small to medium size but like really active and delightful like poly shipping fandom um and i do remember a lot yeah of poly it, ships. it was it was great there there's a master list of a lot of fic i guess a lot of the links are probably dead um but yeah, I, I was trying to like track a lot of it as it was happening because it just felt like really dynamic. And I mean, like like in any fandom, I think there were a, a lot of different Roslins. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know if any of them were nice. <laughs> like I think a lot right. of the appeal of Roslyn always was that she is this this powerful woman, but she also wrestles with her responsibilities. Um, and what that means for her personal connections and just like the, the weight she sort of carries in this post-apocalyptic world. And she was someone who never want, like necessarily wanted that kind of responsibility as a political leader. Um, so in the, in the beginning of the show, the, the human race is basically wiped out by the Cylons. And so she's about... 40th in the line of secession, she's secretary of education. Um, but she becomes president constitutionally because she's basically like the highest level person in the government who's like still alive. Um, and 
So, but she really rises to the occasion, I guess. She, she becomes this incredible leader and somehow finds that within herself in this moment of crisis. But it's always something that, that she, that is fraught for her, I think. And it's one of the things that makes her really interesting as a character, like why I always love to write her and also why she was really challenging to write and like get, get inside her head. I bet. Um, But yeah. And then I'm just really interested, like as someone who's a powerful woman, like how she, how she, always interacted with other female characters on the show because Battlestar Galactica had a, had a lot of really interesting female characters. Um, but then how her political position, which she never really can forget about or let go of colors, all of that. Um, yeah. And I mean, I love that. I love I love that she never like in this fic it's she never like comes out of it. She's like a politician the whole time. Um, or at least that's how I read it. Yeah. It was really fun and, writing the sex scenes in this fic where it sort of is like, like you said, kind of this power play where they're kind of using sex yeah. to try to kind of not necessarily using sex, but, but part of the erotic charge is that they're both, sort of trying to manipulate each other yes and it's amazing amazing a plus plus i've also called this trope a top battle yes um so which is which is also one of my my favorite tropes where it's like two people who are really powerful kind of playing playing chicken with each other through sex um, and kind of trying to, to play with when to assert themselves and like when to like give a little bit of ground or like trying to like make the other one kind of like let go or submit a little bit. And it's really fun. Right. Well, and it's, it's not any different than politics itself, honestly. It's just, like I, I sort of read the sex scenes as like a physical manifestation of what they would be doing if they were doing this as I don't know negotiations on Capitol Hill or whatever. Um, and I loved it. Like it was, it was just super hot. It was and I think I tend to often write sex that way that it's sort of operating as this metaphor for something else, but the characters mm-hmm. and their relationships. Um, but it's just more fun because it's sex. <laughs> right. And But the thing for me reading it, like it doesn't like the transition into that kind of sex wasn't, it wasn't awkward. It wasn't abrupt. Like it just, it was really seamless. Like it worked. It wasn't out of place. It wasn't like, there's the part of you that, you know, is willing to suspend your disbelief, but then sometimes it's like, mm, th- it seems a little clunky that this is here or, Oh, okay. We're doing this now. Um, and like, I didn't get that reading this. It was, you know, Oh, they're having sex now. Like they're doing this through sex now. Okay, cool. I'm into it. Awesome. <laughs> um, the, you know, I had sort of forgotten that BSG had, a really active fem slash fandom um, because I do, I remember 
when we started uh, the annual Fem slash kink meme, we used to get a lot of Battlestar prompts. And that was like, it was like the golden age of Fem slash on live. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I think in I think BSG Fem Slash was kind of like one of the major Fem Slash fandoms of Live Journal in that particular era. It was, yeah. For a couple of years there. Yeah. I I'm willing to bet that if I went back to our archive posts for the kink meme that it would be probably the main fandom for a few years or one of them. Um I you can sort of track uh, what's super popular and lends itself to sort of kinkier <laughs> uh, pairings. Yeah. <laughs> I think it means sometimes. Um, so, were are you a West Wing fan too, or did you like have to watch? I was totally to a West Wing fan, and a lot of West Wing fem slash fandom was happening when I was kind of in a in a fandom hiatus. Um, so I, mm-hmm. I left, let's see, I kind of, I kind of left my Star Trek Voyager phase in about like 2001. And then do we ever leave? I know Star I came Trek back Voyager to it. I mean, you, you never, like, you're always in love with your first fandom. Um, it, but yeah, I sort of was like off of like social media insofar as it existed then for like a couple of years and then right. got got on live journal in about 2003 i got sucked into law and order svu like everyone did fandom, and that's kind of like someone was like so there's this thing called live journal and then i was like oh my goodness this but it was sort of within those two years i was like on these like static web pages reading west wing fem slash and it never like really occurred to me that there was like a community that i could join i was just sort of a lurker but i ended up meeting some of those people later um which was really amazing and wonderful just super smart interesting writers the writing in that fandom was so phenomenal um and it was like a big part I guess of my development as a as a writer so like my beta on this this fic, habeas corpus, was Mandy's bitch, aka CGB, and like she like really taught like taught me so much about writing, and like she dated all my fic from that like early two thousands period, um, and it was just this really, mm-hmm. um, it was just a really amazing group of people to connect with in the fanfic world, but I feel like. West Wing Fem Slash, I didn't really like line up with it in terms of the main era when it was like happening a lot um, in time. But then because I got connected with those folks later, then I got to do this like fest wing swing that happened. And they were just, it was just like a really cool like community event. But like West Wing Fem Slash was always like really, it was pretty small fandom but yeah. I was really obsessed with West Wing at the time also because it's another show that has just really interesting three-dimensional complicated female characters as an as an ensemble and so it was also a fandom that had a lot of poly shipping there were like a whole bunch of different pairs yeah um, that people 
interested yeah. in and it was just really yeah i was really into west wing fandom when the west wing was on and there was just there was so much of everything um there was never enough fem slash but if you just if you wanted to aggregate all of it all together there were so many different ships across that show that you couldn't count them I only watched West Wing or started watching West Wing because I was dating Ashley. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that's that's where I am. I don't know um, if it would hold up well. Now. It, I have tried to go back and rewatch it, and some of the gender politics is just really cringy and unfortunate, and it sort of made me hate Sam Seaborn. Yeah, it, well, it just, the politics are sort of naive. I think. Uh, I think at the time, this was like the Bush era, and it was yeah. this beautiful kind of escape into a, a, this utopian realm. Um, and you, if you look at like the their liberalism and today's liberalism, they're they're so far apart from each other that it's yeah. sort of hard to go back to that time because they're less liberal than I think a lot of people are today. Yep. Yeah. It's just the, I feel like. Our, our political sensibilities have grown a lot on the left since the West Wing era, I hope. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I don't know if I could rewatch it. But I love the characters so much. Except Sam and Josh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wanted to go back to, to something you said earlier about how Rosalind sort of, um, I guess really has to, to deal with her, her power versus what she wanted. And it was this moment, I think, that that um, sort of typified this really well is when she talks about how she banned abortion. And, you know, maybe if there had been something like the Supreme Court, she would have welcomed that because it would have been a check on her power. And I just, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, and that, that may be one of the greatest lines I've written in a fic ever when they're like making out and then Rosalind is just like, I banned abortion <laughs> to the chief justice of the Supreme Court. Um, and the the liberal chief justice of the Supreme Court. <laughs> yep. Right. Um, and it, which is definitely a power play like in that moment. Um, but it was uh, sort of watching the show and loving Rosalind. It was a really difficult character moment. Um, because it, it is this sort of reprehensible act that she does because she thinks she has to for political expediency. And I guess like also for the survival of the species, it's, it's right. just very ugly politics. Um, and it just fits into this kind of d debate that she's trying to have with Evelyn B Baker Lang about, I don't know, I guess the constitutional law in a time of like intergalactic apocalypse. <laughs> um, and I, I read Roe v. Wade as like research for this fic. And oh it, my God. It is so, I mean, I don't know if, if you read Supreme Court decisions, they're, they're really just fascinating to read because they have, they're, they're very colloquial in a lot of ways. Like they have all these footnotes 
um, with all the case law and like arcane things. But then a, a lot of it is just written as like literally just an, an essay. Um, and so they have, they have all of these kind of just ideas about who we are as a country and who we are as people that are in these decisions. And so a lot of Roe v. Wade is about this issue of like who, like who counts as a person, which was how this fit into the sort of Cylon prisoners of war issue. Um, and it was just really interesting to sort of think about how, how Rosalind's politics on this, like, like how she understood this decision and then how that would kind of intersect with the U S constitutional law framework. Um, and I'll also say my, my beta, uh, it, is a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer, but she's a lawyer in Australia, but there was enough that was like translatable. Um, And so she also helped me like a lot with the, the legal stuff and kind of thinking through like, like what were the legal questions that they were trying to like hash out in the fic. And the other Supreme court decision that it was like largely based on is Hamdi versus Rumsfeld. So this was the era where there was this idea of enemy combatants and like an enemy combatants could be like indefinitely detained, like in Guantanamo without any right to due process um, or a trial and a lawyer and et cetera, which is, you know, still extremely controversial um, and, and has really like shaped U S geopolitics um, and human rights. And so that, that, that was also like kind of this trying to think through like Battlestar Galactica, which was this kind of allegory for a lot of um, issues around war. Um, and I don't know, like uh, co- like conflict, be- like sort of like racial or intercultural conflict that were happening in the world, like how, how their kind of sci-fi perspective on those types of, of issues would like how what would that look like if it was like inserted into like u.s government framework so yes gizmo so ashley and i both went to law school which was for me ashley was like (laughs) you're gonna love this you're totally gonna love this um and that's part of why i loved it because i'm a legal librarian and like you know it's not often that like what i do every day intersects something so totally joyful um and fun and in my life and fun actually fun um yeah i the thing i kept thinking as i was reading this too is that like you know rosalind's been sitting there just like reading you know probably like a century's worth of supreme court opinions and probably to some degree some you know um federal court opinions for things that you know the supreme court hasn't settled but that are still relevant to like you know sort of make her decision um about where to put her people i guess um and it's just it shows that she's just such a canny leader 
it's not, you know, she's not trying to, to do this to the president. She's not trying to do this to, you know, I don't know, one of the joint chiefs. It, she goes after, you know. And, and this one of this is the person who matters. Yeah, the person who matters. And the person who has the ability to shape policy on what will matter for years to come. And that is sexy. <laughs> and it's so it's so funny, like the wing swing, like the way the the um best work is that I picked Laura Roslin and then they drew me a random female character from Western. So yeah, um that I got Evelyn Baker Lang. Um it was just like serendipity, I think, because of course she's blunt close and she's super hot. Um, but also there's these sort of political questions that they can have conversations about that are super interesting. And yeah. And I guess like Rosalind's agenda is that she believes the Cylons are dangerous and should not be given rights essentially um and i mean she does see them as basically like enemy combatants like like dangerous um you know entities that are not human that shouldn't be treated as human um for you know in for the survival of like the human race and their way of life which is which is you know definitely not my politics but like that's that's what was so interesting about Battlestar Galactica is it sort of explored all of these things from, and, you know, from Rosalind as a character who I like, like love and, and respect, but also who holds a lot of opinions that are very reprehensible to me. Um, and so she's sort of on this campaign to try to influence like the chief justice of the Supreme court, you know, anticipating that this will be a constitutional law issue um, yeah, and make decisions about where where the Cylon prisoners should go because, like, if if they could be like taken to Earth, um, or if that's a bad idea, and so she she has Grand Valeri, who's like the current like prisoner that they have on Galactica, still you know in in the ship where she can kind of keep an eye on her and have her under like her jurisdiction. Um, yeah, so I, I I do think it's very sexy about her as a leader is that she is such a game player and she's so strategic um, about yeah. how she approaches all these issues and sort of the, the com- complexities of their conflict with the Cylons. And she also evolves a lot over the course of the show. I think they, I think they, they all do in terms of how they relate to Cylons and, and understand Cylon culture um, and sort of the Cylon agendas. So when you were going back to, you know, saying you picked Rosalind and then you were just assigned um, Evelyn, once you got that assignment, did you, did you have any kind of premise in your head yet? Like, did you did this just come to you immediately? How did you end up at this? Gosh, pitch? I wish I could remember. Um, it was <laughs> it was so long ago. I think um, so. I think when I picked Battlestar Galactica, like at, 
So I was planning to do a crossover. So I think that the idea that like Galactica would like find Earth and that's how they would sort of encounter the Western universe was kind of a, a plan. Um, I don't, I, I feel like I, if I had to guess about my writing process, which I don't totally remember, I had the kind of idea like immediately, but then I did like, I, I did end up doing all this research to try to like work out how this would all happen. Um, right. So I took, I think it took, it took me a while to really develop um, all the ideas and like all the parts of it. Um, but I think that like the, the, the sort of premise of it um, like can't, like was the premise of it was sort of like a flash of inspiration when I like drew this character and I was like oh this would be so interesting if like <laughs> Laura Roslin and like Evelyn Baker had like a conflict about constitutional law I think yeah it- it makes sense the way you, you know, went about, okay, you know, they're going to get to earth and that's how I can set this up no matter what the character is. You know, that makes sense. I, I, after I finished, I was like, wow, <laughs> what if she'd been assigned a character like Donna? I mean, that's not saying anything about Donna. Donna's a great character, but it like. It would have been a super different story. Although I could definitely get behind that. I mean, I feel like one of the reasons I picked Laura is like, I could completely slash Laura with anybody. Um, like oh, I was also a huge Laura Tory shipper. So the like president assistant like thing totally works for me. Yeah. So I feel, but yeah, it, it, there would probably have been <laughs> less research in a, in a Laura. Less research, <laughs> more smut. Um, the other thing about it, which is um, I, I got really deep into like the world building Um which I think is sort of in the spirit of both Battlestar Galactica and the West Wing um, and, and how they kind of weave these commentaries about our own world. And so this is something that's not like, doesn't, doesn't, isn't encompassed in like a pod fic, but I made these like companion. Those were pages. by the way. I, I went um, through and looked at those and they were fantastic. <laughs> Thanks. It's the only time I've ever done that, I think, with a fic. Um, but it was it was it was really fun, first of all, but it also came from this impulse to be like explore like the larger world building. Like what would this universe look like where there's there's this huge media event happening where like a spaceship of humans from like a distant galaxy or whatever like just shows up on like relatively contemporary earth now um and so that it was just like some some other like fun tidbits of kind of like like what is the backstory um of of all of these events that are happening um so so it was, it, yeah, it, th- this, there was like, I got really into writing this fic. Like I definitely like 
kind of became obsessed with it. I think like, you could yeah, tell that with the amount of, of deep, like detail intimate. in there and clearly the amount of legal <laughs> research you had to do. Yeah. Yeah. I legit was like, oh, she was yeah. in law school, right? Like who else would do I something? I know like I wasn't, this? but I had I had a lawyer helper. Um, but yeah, I am really like fascinated by like legal discourse, which is a, a very specific um uh rhetoric and way of thinking that yes. shapes like so much about our world. Um, yes. Um it it's one of my colleagues and I were actually just talking about legal discourse um and how it's writing arguments, you know, like writing any any sort of legal documents. It seems very unnatural. Um and yet like these are the things that sort of shape a lot of our uh a lot of our society. Um, so it is really interesting. I, shit, what was I going to (laughs) say? I don't remember. Oh, this, um, so this was, uh, the fic that, yeah, it was the winner of the ficathons. We want more (laughs) award. There were only about 13 fics. I went back and looked at the wing swing. So, so I will say it's not like it's a it's not a huge award because it was out of about thirteen stories, but yes, <laughs> it was. Well, that stuck out to me because a, a lot of the times, like when Ashley and I are talking about these fix, because we've given ourselves a set word limit, we often end up talking about how the story fit into the word limit, like it made sense for us, um, and it you know, it was like a self-contained entity. And I, I don't think this story is any different. It's, it's very self-contained. It gives me everything I want in a story um, in those 5,000 odd words. But also I would read the shit out of like 10, 20,000 Why, more. thank you. Um, yes, I appreciate both of those comments. I never intended to write a sequel. I mean, I wrote it as a very self-contained, but, but I feel like that that maybe speaks to like how, like how interesting the world is. Like there, there is a lot more one could hypothetically kind of explore about how these events develop. Absolutely. And I mean, even if there was a sequel to this, that neither of these characters appeared in substantially, I'd still read it because the world is, is that interesting? There are so many other ladies that could be having sex in this, in this crossover yeah. universe. Also, I want Adama and Leo McGarry to meet each other, and and I just want to know what that conversation yeah. is. Right? Uh. <laughs> um, I I wanted Adama and Anna Debra Smith yep. to meet each other. That would work too. I would take that absolutely. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I would be super into that. Somebody write that, please. Feel <laughs> free to cut to write more West Wing Battlestar Galactica crossover bits inspired by this podcast. That would be amazing. Someone do that. Someone <laughs> who isn't me. Uh, there were a few Laura CJ fits. Um, for that, that was like a pop, a popular crossover. I could I could get behind that. 
like I said in the very beginning, I can see something going on there. Uh, there's a lot of exposition in this fic, which I think we've, you know, we talked about and which I love, but it you also sort of still get that walk and talk feel at points. Oh, that's cool. Of West Wing, like, especially in, I think, that first scene, like, when they're just, like, first meeting each other. I really loved that. Um, So it, like, it really worked with both being, like, in a literary sense, um, it all coming together as a picture, but also it just, it was very cinematic to me, too. Oh, that's really cool. Thank you. Yeah, so the the walk and talk was like the signature visual device of West Wing where the camera would follow characters as they were having a conversation kind of through the hallways and there would be, you know, various activities happening like around them. Um, I don't think I did that on purpose at all, but I think you're right that there's this part where they're like walking through the party um, and you just sort of get the sense of the of the flow of the party kind of around them. Um, you're um you're super good at like explaining details about fandoms to like people who maybe aren't in one of them and i think you should just take our jobs on this (laughs) because it's very natural (laughs) but yeah um what else what else do we want to say do we have any parting words uh i want to talk about the smutty part more let's do I feel like I feel like we haven't talked about like the smut enough. Um, uh, although we did talk about it a little bit about it being like a top battle. I I feel like the other part that's like super intense in the sex is when they like they're like fucking up against like the glass window of like the cell yes. where like Larry is like being held. Um and and so I mean I guess what I what I hope like comes through is the way that the the intense like political charge like the super high stakes of like the issues that they're kind of involved with also is like part of the erotic charge. Oh, okay. I think definitely. I think it is. I'm just rereading that part right now. Don't mind me. <laughs> I'll just be over here. Yeah, um, I was looking at too. Like they're like Evie's like going down on Laura Roslin and like and or sorry, opposite way. Laura Roslin's going down on Evie and Evie's like, are we all going to die? <laughs> <laughs> like it's this like I feel like this is this is the trope that's like on TV tropes is like you you have like sex and like this these like life or death like moments right um, but yeah I mean it's like they're they're like like fucking and then like also grappling with the immensity of like what it means that like Battlestar Galactica has brought this like intergalactic war to like their planet right and a few lines down from you know Evie saying are we all gonna die you say the sparring, the challenge of um, arguing lucidly while Rosalind is doing that right there makes Evie throb. And, you know, she says, I don't think that would be appropriate. And Rosalind's like, is it now? And just, just like fucking her. (laughs) It's just, it's so good. I feel like that's also like a, 
a fic trope that I have a total kink for is like people like you're tr- you're trying to f- fuck someone and like okay how to explain this um yeah. the person who's being fucked is like trying to maintain like lucidity and like right. be able to have like pull this together and like have like speak coherently and like the person who's fucking them is like trying to make them like lose control um I think that's why I liked the smuts so much because that's that's a trope that I'm very much guilty of writing a lot of but also just really love this is this is smut to be proud of i think why thank you (laughs) completely i feel like also when i was writing this fic i had like such a high regard for like west wing film slash writers that that i was like oh i have to like really like knock it out of the park like i really want to make this like my my best writing um, so we can like live live up to the fandom and like it was in like a fest and I was like it has to be good so <laughs> um, yeah I, I definitely I put I put a lot into this one I really like when Rosalind says so they're talking about the Cylons and you know Rosalind says they look like us but they're not like us and Evie's asked, you know, how do you know? Are you proud of this? And, you know, she's like got her jerking Rosalind's hair and it's just, but, you know, Rosalind says, no, I'm not proud, but I'm not sorry. I was just so Rosalind. I was just like, yes. Yeah, she really, I mean, the thing that's so interesting about Rosalind I I feel like she actually makes a lot of political decisions that she morally hates including banning abortion but 100% believes that she has that she has to do and she just has to live with that yeah and I love that I just I don't I just love the sort of the many faces of Laura Rosalind yeah, I feel like I wrote a lot of fics where she she has sex like in in these moments of like I don't know like of, of like carrying these responsibilities. Yeah. So it's like it's she's always like aware of them but if there's like a moment where she could like have an orgasm (laughs) i totally deserve this absolutely say no to having orgasms like i deal with so much shit all the time as like the president of like the rest of the human race like i like i'm gonna she's sort of opportunistic like also about sex like about politics and sex she's like if i see an opening like i'm gonna i'm gonna take it i i like it sex sex is a tool but also she's gonna enjoy it so do we want to talk about the tags sure let's talk about the tags oh i also want to say utterly random i love that you have william shatner show up at the press conference at the end (laughs) yes oh my god (laughs) yes 
That would totally happen. If we had some kind of like media of like spectacle of like meeting aliens, like they would totally get William Shatner to like MC it. Absolutely. I completely agree. Bill would be there. So this fic was before sort of Tumblr tagging and AO3 tagging. Yeah, it has no fun tags. Craziness conventions. And Ash talked about this in one episode, you know, how our tags on LiveJournal were utilitarian. It was so we could find shit later. Yeah. Um, and that is just- I, still, I still won't use Tumblr commentary tags. I'm, I'm old school. You know, I'm... I've started doing it more, but it's like, I find it really just hard to do. I'm just, I don't know. I'm just like, but how will people find it if they want a specific, you know? (laughs) So the tags on this are crossover, multimedia, uh, wing swing, Ficathon, alternate universe, and award wing swing. Um... (laughs) I feel like there could be other tags for like certain, like I'm pro tagging for particular like kinks. Yeah. Like I would tag this like top battle. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, uh, good idea. I'll take recommendations for other tags. I should add to this. Uh, my tags would be constitutional law as foreplay. And, <laughs> um, Yeah, it would be something along the along the lines of sort of a top battle tag. I don't have a good wording for it, but um, definitely constitutional laws for play. Okay, I... top battle is not a canonical. Is it's not a canonical tag, which really it should be. There must be like a term for this in Ao3. It should it should be top battle, and the tag wrangler should you know make it happen. Um, I would tag this smut you can be proud of. No, <laughs> that's uh, <in> vain. <laughs> yeah, okay, but smut, smut as character. Um, yeah, that's a good one. I would tag this. Laura Rosalind deserves that orgasm. <laughs> um, I would tag this Bill Shatner cameo. <laughs> See, your tags were better than mine this week. I, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm getting better at this. As long as it's not my own fic, I can do it. Because with my own fic, I'm way too tied to the, it needs to be descriptive tag conventions. Maybe it's because I'm a librarian. Yeah, those, those would be my tags. Okay, I added some tags. <laughs> Amazing. History in the making, people. You heard it here first. <laughs> Uh, any uh, what are you writing these days um that is such a good question i saw Um, that you had written some miss fisher's stuff which yeah i had this i had this strange foray into a into a het fandom because it never happened to me before but it was like it felt so taboo and exciting it was sort of like I had gone, I had traveled through so many kinks that like, I was like norming. <laughs> like, so it became like my ultimate kink. Friday um, and Jack are sort of irresistible. Yeah. I mean, Jack is a snack. Yes. Uh, Jack is a snack. 
and and then uh then i was on hiatus again i also make vids um so i spent a long time making a wonder woman vid about the amazons and i have said that okay so i'll just say fandoms i am in in which i'm not promising to write anything <laughs> um I, I seem to write in my life like very sporadically um but i but i'm in the worst witch fandom which is an, an utter delight um hicks week or hard tangle as we prefer to call it <laughs> oh um, i like that a lot better yeah we're really trying to make that happen um and uh also gentleman jack of course of course what could be more delicious captain janeway dressed as gentleman jack as you plug your own fic yeah. uh, i know i'm plugging my own fic yeah. i'm sorry that was he, a famous plug he wears a tuxedo in that world war ii episode i know that's like my favorite episode of all time yeah it's it's beautiful because of janeway um, in the tuxedo yeah, it's like the World War II AU that the show actually gave us that was also highly fun slashy. Yes. Um, so, yes, there is a precedent for Janeway in masculine clothing. Yes. Um, I would say, so, yeah, those are my, those are my, my, my current fandoms that I'm obsessing about. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I I know all fic writers probably um, take, you know, like feedback, engagement, um, constructive criticism, and just like, like interest is like the highest form of like praise and gratification from being a fic writer. So I'm, I'm so appreciative that I could um, be here to talk with you and that you made this really cool pod fic of my story. Thanks for writing it. It, I really, this is like my favorite fic of all time now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, guys. uh, That was our episode. Um, If you loved this as much as I did, uh, leave some kudos or a comment. Um, You know, love is nice as, as we've all said. Um, you can find us on Tumblr at femslash-podfic-podcast and on Twitter at femslashp, or you can email us at twtdfic at gmail.com. Um, we'd love to feature your comments. Ashley, did we get any comments? We did not get any comments to feature. I tend to forget. Okay. Um, we'd love to feature your comments, uh, but it only works if you comment. And we're also taking requests. Um, just remember between five and 7,000 ish words. Uh, we love 40,000 word fix too, but Ash just, that's a lot for her to read. Um, we have already gotten some great recs. Uh, and if you like what we, what we're doing, tell your friends. Um, if you know an author that you rec that they would want to come on the show, let us know. We will reach out. Um, and we do always ask permission uh, to read the fix. So thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.